Hey guys, welcome to Trans Talk for Men, the podcast for trans attractive men out there. I'm Eric with my co-host Chris. Yeah. Hey, uh, so what's up? As in like, I don't fucking know. It's Sunday. I'm like, oh, I gotta go to work tomorrow. You know, all that shit. Even though I end work this upcoming week, I still just, I don't fucking want to do it anymore. Nice. I'm so checked out. How many, um, how much time you got between uh, working and starting your next job? Or like, how much of a break do you have? It's gonna be about a month, all nice. things considered, because I've got the I've got a vacation that's was planned coming up next week, uh, going f- for that on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, and then getting back from that vacation, and pretty much packing and leaving that week. We get back from that vacation. I think we're gonna be leaving on Sunday, so like we're gonna spend that week really packing up and getting out of here. Um, and then it's going to take a day to drive down, and then we're going to unpack for that week, and then I'll start my job again. So, I don't know, three weeks, something like that. Three weeks, maybe a month. You know, it's going to be a little bit while, but, oof, it's going to be a fucking money squeeze. Um, yeah, you have to feel you on which that. Is, which is going to be a bitch. What about you? How long you got? Oh, I'm taking a week. So I move in Saturday, and then I don't go back to work until Monday after. So I got, let's mm. go in like nine days between which really helped me out because I'm like I'm really kind of like mentally checked out of my current job slash like uh, constantly frustrated and just uh, 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 burnt out that's the term yeah, so I fucking you, feel you need to take some time in between jobs to really do that but thankfully you know all the money I've you know gotten from the club working mm-hmm. you know for tips and all that is really is really going to make that possible so right. Also, you know, I bitch about this before, but PSA to all the guys listening, guys, girls, whoever the fuck's listening. If you buy a bottle service, be ready to tip every fucking body that works for your table. Do it. So, like, don't if you can't afford it, then don't don't get bottles because you're just gonna end up with shitty service and people that are upset with you and definitely if you come back a second time they're definitely not going to treat you well so um <laughs> they remember oh we always remember we we, we remember the regulars who stiff mm-hmm. us if you if that's just what you do we're just mm-hmm. like fuck that guy like if you're gonna go and not tip like take take a good m- month and a half two months off come back two or three months later You'll probably have a lot of new faces in the club. There's lots of turnover in the nightlife. Uh, the people that are still working there most likely won't remember you. So if you're going to do that, space it out. But, you know, I had a uh, bachelor party last night. And, uh-huh. you know, a lot of I have, uh, I have a whole section. It's five tables, two large ones, three small ones. The small ones I typically get anywhere from, I'd say, 40 to 60 per table for tips. Um, and, the, and these are people that are dropping over two thousand dollars for their tab for the night so two thousand sixty bucks that ain't shit but what else i'm getting the fuck out of here soon enough and uh moving to h-town but i am kind of sad i'm moving to h-town now because it's like i just started finding out about maddie and her events man oh yeah that's right like i just found a community of people to talk to i'm making new friends going to these pool parties a lot of these other events like and you guys that are listening, I'm talking about Maddie, but you'll meet her on the next episode. She's yeah, very, very dope. She's after. an uh, event organizer here in Denver. She organizes trans parties and parties for guys to come out and meet trans girls. Like, it's totally fucking dope. So, yeah, she does a pretty good job. Of yeah, it. it took me two years. I mean, it's right pretty much just a little bit over two years to find her. And now I got to move to a new city and start all over. So, if anybody Isn't has any connections in Houston, Shout us out, man. Let me know. Hit us in the DMs. Yeah, well, there's probably, there's got to be some, like, trans clubs out there. Maybe just, you know, maybe just strip clubs. And you guys will hear it on the interview about how Maddie's thing is not a strip club. It's not no. built to be a strip club or anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know. Um, well, there's, there should be more events like hers, like events well, sure, that help sure. us meet the girls that we want to meet you know sure put us in the right place make friends 
bullshit. Well, what I was going to say is that, you know, she talks about how hers is not like a strip club. It's mm-hmm. more transpositive and whatever. And we totally dig that. And it's 100% totally cool. I'm still fine with going to a strip club, though. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's look, I guess, what I was trying to say. Strip club stuff like that's great for, like, a guy's night out. Like, I'm cool with mm-hmm. that shit. But, you know, if I actually, if I'm looking to network and all that stuff, like, I'll... Like, if I had to take one over the other, I would still take one of her events just because oh, sure, I'm meeting happens. girls that I could potentially date. That's true. Where at the strip club, you will meet girls that you could fuck, mm-hmm. but you're just a, 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 a paycheck to them. You're just a client. Like, you're not right, really... Right, <laughs> They're not going to be swept off, the, off their feet unless your dick is, like, super magical or something. Uh, yeah, for sure. Which it's mine awesome. is not super magical. It's, there's no fucking rainbows and fairies popping out. So, <laughs> yeah, it can absolutely be that case. Um, but uh, yeah, can I don't I don't know what I was talking about. Sorry, somebody was somebody was knocking at my door and then I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm like, you oh, know, that's weird. I, I thought about I'm like, should I answer it? And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. On um, a Sunday. Probably Jehovah's yeah, Witnesses or something like that. It's probably my landlord. I live. I, I've told you I live like two miles back in the woods. There's no Jehovah Witnesses back here. Oh, okay. Um, Jehovah can't even see through these woods. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, well, what's, uh, what I was gonna say was that's cool. Is uh, you and I because I'm moving, you're moving. We'll actually be quite a bit closer. We won't be half the fucking country apart. So, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely you you will definitely it'll be a shorter flight. We'll, that's for sure. Right. We'll have to find some uh, some some strip clubs, some trans strip clubs near where we're gonna be, so you and I can like do a weekend and stuff like that every so often. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Maybe, maybe I mean, fun. look. New York is still on my list, man. I'm still gonna well, of course. try and make great. it to Susie Villa. I'm I'm looking at next year, beginning of next year, because my whole schedule is taken up. I got a fucking December wedding. Oh yeah. Also something for everybody. That. Don't be an asshole and plan a December wedding if you have friends that need to fly in. Because now I have to. I got a bachelor party in November, Thanksgiving in November, wedding in December, Christmas with the family. At, family in December as well. It's just like I got four flights in two months. That's fucking expensive. Wedding? Plus whatever you spend on a bachelor party plus also something guys don't do this shit. You gotta buy a whole fucking I have to buy a whole fucking suit for this wedding. That's another thousand mm. dollars. Gone. Where, where is the wedding? It's back in Wisconsin. Ew gross. Who, who wants to do a wedding in the dead of fucking winter? People that, look, I get it. People, you want to save money and all that shit is just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm flying out. This shit's expensive as fuck. It's like, at, you know what? It would be so much more tenable if I didn't have to drop all that money for a fucking suit. <laughs> and here's I think the thing. I'm just an usher. I don't need a fucking suit. Just let me wear mm-hmm. whatever the fuck I have. I'll buy, an, I'll buy a new jacket and I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need yeah. to dress like everybody else. Yeah, I think it's just unforgivable that uh, that you would have a wedding in December. It's just a shitty time of year. It, it That's really all I'm is. It, it, That's all I'm saying. It, it makes it makes everything so much more expensive, dude. And it's it just sucks. Like it's tough enough to get off and then just fly. And it's like, dude, flights. I mean, I'm glad I have clear, so I just sail right through uh, security. TSA. Yeah. I don't have to wait in those long ass lines, but still, sucks, man. <laughs> Well, anyway, moving on to uh, let's let's get on to today's topic because we've been blabbing for forever and now we have zero listeners because they're like, <laughs> we don't care. Um, nah, I know you guys are still hanging with us. I know you guys know that we just fucking ramble. But uh, today's story is about uh, well, we're actually going to do a topical news story and that's going to be pretty much the topic of today. And we're going to break it down and talk about various things, but it revolves around this news story and it's the story of. Maurice Willoughby, uh, a man from Philadelphia who recently committed suicide after being bullied for uh, openly dating a transgender woman. Now, he had made posts about his girlfriend and he was open about dating her. Uh, He even had her name tattooed on him. Now, he had it on his forehead, which is not really where I would suggest a tattoo of anything, but that's just me. Um, 
I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Chris? Tattooing shit onto your forehead. And I don't even just mean her name. I just mean anything. Chris walked away. He's not even. He's not even at the friggin' audio right now. I don't know what he's doing. You back now? Sorry for the commotion. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, I ended up asking you a question, and then I'm like, oh, he's not even. He's not even here. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, I had a fucking AC was just so loud. Yeah, well, so that, loud. that tends to be AC. Uh, the question I asked Chris was, I I talked about how. Uh, Maurice Willoughby had a tattoo of his girlfriend's name on his face. Oh, that's stupid. And then they said, would you suggest a any tattoo on your face? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And specifically the forehead. However. I don't do tattoos not, of girlfriends anywhere on your body uh, yet. Yeah, or wives. I, I mean. You don't do that I shit. Rarely, I rarely put girlfriend's names into video games because in the <laughs> past, every time, every time I did, in the past, I would put their name into a video game and then I would break up with them. And I'm like, great, now I have to start the fucking game over again. Oh. So, um, but, uh, so it, it's, it's a curse is what we're saying, but we're not, we are not victim blaming. This is not about Maurice or his head. It is about how he committed suicide after being bullied, as I said. So uh, there's a video out there. Uh, and the video is of Maurice on the street being bullied by these guys. And it is... When I first read about the video, and I don't know if you thought this too, Chris, but I thought it was like one or two guys giving him shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like a fucking gaggle of people around the goddamn corner, and they all have their phones out, and they are all being real fucking shitty to him. And they're, you know, they're, they're essentially telling him that, like, oh, sucking dick is, that's not a girl, and you're not dating a girl, and a lot of it is pretty mumbly and mm -hmm. i don't fucking understand well there are a few shit. let's just uh call them street street terms mm -hmm. or just terms that i think only people uh from that side of town in philly could really explain to us because i mean everybody mm -hmm. has their own little slang yeah but um yeah I mean, actually it looked like a, it, it when i first saw it when well first mm -hmm. off i don't watch bullying videos because typically i just I almost... don't care so, I almost never do. Um, but when I saw this, when I would, when I finally looked at it, it was pretty jarring. But it, is. it looked like a situation that could get violent. Like it looked very unsafe. Well, I counted like seven guys versus him. Yeah, and it was just like, like if you said the wrong like, thing, somebody would have pounced, and then they all would have pounced. Yeah, and it's like, where the fuck did these assholes even come from? They came out of the woodwork, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they all have their phones out, and they're just harassing this dude. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is, he's got a bag of, like, groceries or shopping, and he's got his earphones in. Like, he was clearly just minding his own fucking business, mm -hmm. and somebody just recognized him and decided, you know what, let's make a fucking scene. Uh, we're actually going to play the audio for the video or from the video for you guys right now. It's not very long, only about 30 seconds. So uh, we will talk to you on the other side of that audio. You fuck what? You say, keep it a B. You fuck what? You fuck what? Bro. Bro, you do what? Fuck training. That's thorough? Wait, that's not thorough. You sucking dick and all that. That's not thorough. Sucking dick and all that. He sucked dick. So yeah, that's uh, that's about that's about the. You heard the audio. Now you can go see the the video, of course. But um, the audio is uh, sort of strange when when you don't see the video because you don't really know who's talking. So uh, Maurice, also known as Reese uh, by his nickname, uh, is the one who says, he, he says it twice, but the first time it's hard to hear. But the second time he says, yeah, I fuck trannies. And he says like, so what, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, right. Some people would say he's using problematic language, but what he's saying is he's, he's talking to the other guys and he's getting up in their face and he's being defensive of, you know, what he's cool with. And he's pretty much telling them, as you can hear in the audio, that he's like, what the fuck does it matter? And there's only really one guy talking. Everybody else is kind of clamoring and making noise. But the, the main guy talking is the one who's like, oh, you sucking D or not even D. He's like, you're sucking dick. He said that not. He says, that's not girl. You're. It's, I'm like, 
you didn't even put together a full sentence. I know that's not the problem, but it took me a minute to even figure out what the fuck he was saying. Um, but yeah, it's just, he's just being fucking harassed and it's just, uh, I don't know. It's hard to watch. Yeah, definitely. And it's hard is. to watch knowing that he just went home and killed himself. Um, well, I don't, I don't know how soon after that, this, that this happened. Couldn't have been, um, couldn't have been very long. Yeah. I don't know what the timeline is for this, but, um, it, I mean, this, this, this video got shared around a ton on Twitter, Instagram. Yep. Um, it's been, well, yeah, I guess it, it actually wasn't that long because the video, um, was posted. What was that? I think it was, uh, August 20th. The video was posted and we're only a few days out from that. So it's just like, dude, yeah, you're right. It wasn't that long, but I mean, this, I'm looking at this video. It's got like, you know, uh, tens of thousands of views, reactions, like everybody's been seeing this. Um, the same, the same, uh, the same post has been retweeted a ton and it's pretty much just calling out just like pretty much showing this guy's a shining example of like, yo, like this is a guy who's not afraid. Like he's, he's not in the closet. He's proud. Like we need more guys like this to stand up, take a yeah, stand. He was being real. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was being real and he was, he, he did his part in defending what he was doing and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, it's, I would say, and, and, okay, all this was happening and there was nobody else jumping in saying, dude, you guys need to chill out. Yeah. Not, not a nobody single fucking person, not a bystander, nobody. Like Philly isn't a city where it's, it's not a one horse town. Like there's a bunch of people mm-hmm. there and yep. everybody in this community knows, they know all the people involved in this. Yep. Who, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of criminal charges you could you know, gin up for this, but there's got to be something. I mean, if you're putting the timeline together, you can put a timeline together where this this video happened, this street harassment happened, and this person killed himself only a, a couple of days later. Like, yeah, and it's it's the how close this video was to how close uh, Maurice killed himself. You know, we don't know the exact date, but we know that it was close. So he stuck his neck out. He mm-hmm. defended his girl's honor. He was really real about this. And yet, you know, his girl couldn't console him and he couldn't be consoled by the Internet and whatever. And he ended up committing suicide, which to me tells me because suicide is never a one problem solution. It's never just this happened to me one time. I'm going to kill myself. It is always a compound problem. And if Maurice was open like he was it tells me that he's overcome his whatever feelings he has about dating trans women, whether he had shame or problems with it or whatever. But I think the I think that leaves the key problem being that he was probably harassed like this on the fucking on a fucking regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like people probably just came at him and just wouldn't let him walked down the street, wouldn't let him be. He probably got to the point where he didn't want to take his girl out anymore, not even because he was ashamed of her, just because it became a dangerous situation. Because if people are coming at you all the time, you can't afford to do that sort of thing. And it's and it, that's the part to me that the more I think about that, the more difficult it gets is that this was probably his everyday life to the point where he's like, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. I can't even do anymore. And definitely, you know, it's what, definitely what not a probably. It was his life. Like, according to his right. friends, his friend literally said he was getting picked on and joked on all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And, and this is a grown fucking man, too. He's not, yeah. this is not middle school. He's 20, 20 yeah. years old. Uh, yep. Right. I mean, young, but still a grown adult mm-hmm. who does not, you know, it's not like, and I'm not saying that middle school bullying isn't real or whatever, because of course it is, but there's some amount of fucking stupidity we expect from kids. And you think that that stupidity would go the fuck away once you're an adult. I mean, it, I guess it makes me think of like when I got into college uh, and spent a couple years in college and then I started running into kids that I met in high school. And these were people I didn't like, I didn't get along with. 
you know, maybe they picked on me. I picked on them. I wasn't a nice kid in high school. Uh, but in college, you know, I kind of, we, we kind of stopped past each other and be like, Hey, you know, sorry about all that dumb shit years ago. You know, we're adults now, things have changed. And every time people were like, yeah, it's cool. You know, we're all adults now and things have changed and it's, it's whatever. Uh, but to see the fact that he's just getting fucking harassed, like, I, I don't know. It's the equivalent of being shoved into the locker all the time. And it's like for fucking what? You know, nothing. It um, just makes me mad. So I just want to read another quote from one from his friend, from the same friend, Please. actually. And, and this is just going to set up to a larger uh, direction on the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the friend says, you know, where we're from, if you like trans women and you're black, the streets will talk about you, fight you, even try to kill you. Oh, yeah. This is, I mean, I've talked about this before on the show, like, you know, uh, being a man dating a trans woman in the black community is very much frowned upon and you will get this kind of flack from a lot of people. Uh, The black community can be very uh, homophobic and, and, you know, they're just starting to accept, you know, gay males. Uh, They've uh, always had a lot of hypocrisy and accepted, you know, lesbians way quicker because uh, they're usually like oh man that's just my little sister but um you know just just a, a guy dating trans in the black community is very much frowned upon um you know a lot of our culture and a lot of the men in the community you know have this it's it's toxic masculinity or just this i don't know this uh this idea of masculinity that is so fragile that if you're like you have to be hardcore man, I love women, all this stuff, or else you're not you're not a real one. Like guys yeah, will separate from you, and they don't. You're not counted as a regular dude. You're not one of us. Like you're an outcast at that point. So I mean, he was experiencing this life of an outcast, and I would say, um, some of the guys listening to this, or maybe some of the black guys listening to this. And maybe some of the uh, guys in other minority communities as well, uh, depending mm-hmm. on your situation. You know, this is the kind of stuff that people fear. So that's why guys like really want to, you know, that's why a lot of guys want to keep stuff secret, keep stuff in the closet. Be on the, they want to be a four star guy because they, uh, you know, they don't want to, they don't want this kind of public ridicule. And in Certainly. in these communities, in these certain urban communities, people will actually fight you. And try and, and 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 kill you like this is, you're pretty much being tossed into the situation of a gay black man in let's just say the '80s, where everybody's it's, calling it's... you a sissy and they want to bully you and push you around because they think you're weak and they want to fuck with you and things get escalating. Now you're dead. Yeah, and it almost seems it almost seems to me that it's almost worse than being uh, a gay man. Oh, it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. At this at this point, it is because I mean, in from what I've seen, I think, and and, and this is a good thing. I'm not saying this is a bad thing at all, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I think gay men are typically protected by the women that these straight guys want to fuck. Mm, so they that. can't be too hardcore homophobic anymore. They can't come down on this guy and take his groceries or throw those groceries in the street, whatever else. Um, they they can't do all that anymore. So, it's, it's, but with these guys, there's nobody protecting them that these other guys care about and that they'll listen to. Well, right, and because we've talked about it before, because some of these some of these black women, and you've talked about it before, Chris, is they view these trans women as a threat, so they won't even protect these guys. True. Uh, unlike the you were just saying, you know how the gay guys they have female friends who will kind of protect them and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're not going to get to fuck with me. If you don't fuck with my friends, female friends, uh, sisters, whoever. Right. I, but right. I think and... that will change in the future with them. It's all about numbers. The more oh, yeah. trans people that you have coming out, the more family members, friends, loved ones that'll be there to stand up for these people and make right. sure nothing bad happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to take your point, you know, to rewind just a touch is even, you know, as as a white person, as a non minority, as the majority in this country, it's it's even scary. It's scary for 
white people to come out for liking trans because we can also be ridiculed or removed from the society that True. we are in. However, it seems downright dangerous for minorities to come out as as liking trans. Like for me, yeah, somebody will be like, oh, you're a queer, you're a fag, whatever. And then I move the fuck on because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm still a white guy. Um, but with minorities, it's 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 not only does your minority turn against you, so so you have so you have the majority against you, and I mean that by institutionalized racism, not necessarily everybody in the majority uh, majority, but you know you are at a disadvantage to begin with, and then your community turns on you, and then you're what feeling unsafe, and that to me is terrible. That's 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 yeah. fucking horrendous. I mean, you, you know, can I. Be... I set upon by seven people while right. you're walking with your groceries and right things could escalate and nobody very will quickly help. and you're dead or beaten into a coma and that's the thing is nobody and then nobody helps yeah nobody helps if if maurice was a white guy and he was set upon by seven black guys off the street i guarantee somebody would have jumped in to help well, I can't 100 percent like, guarantee that. What I can guarantee is more well, you people know what would I'm care on the back end. This yeah, is a story I mean, that has largely stayed out of the main news cycle. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is stories like this are brought into the larger news cycle and they're brought into CNN and they're, you know, talked about, debated on the panel shows mm-hmm. when celebrities start to give a shit. Right. I, I mean, if, if this were, you know, a white guy, I don't know if this is this is a white guy named Mike. Uh fucking Taylor Swift would have tweeted about it, Pink, uh, Katy Perry. Like mm. there would have been a lot of those activist Hollywood people, they would have been all over this shit. Right. Now, whether they're genuinely give a fuck or not, I don't know, but they would have been at least been able to score a lot of cheap political points off of this. Yeah. Just, just showing support. A- it just becomes immediately more visible, and you know, yeah. I actually do. I actually do stand by what I was going to say. I was going to backtrack on it, mm-hmm. but I, I, I do think that I do think that if Maurice was white, he would have somebody would have stepped in when they saw a bunch of people ganging up on him. They would have said, "Oh, oh yeah, alone, a bunch of and it's, like seven black guys ganging up on him in broad daylight on the street with traffic I, everywhere." And that's, and that's what I mean. Yeah. But it's 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 this fucking shit ass society where. Maurice is a black guy and seven other black guys ganged up on him. So people pass by. And mm-hmm. I think the most innocuous thought of passing by is, oh, that's him and his friends. And the most sinister, I think, of a passerby could be like, well, you know, those those people will just they just fight over everything and they're so violent. So he gets whatever he deserves. And it's just it's that range of bullshit is what yeah. I'm saying is it's. I mean, I have to be honest, if I was across the street, mm-hmm. if I was on the other side of the street walking by, I'd be like, oh, well, I mean, they're not throwing fists, so there's nothing yeah, to get involved right. in. They're just shouting at each other. But right. if I had, like actually was on their, their side of the street and like heard everything, right. then obviously you want to jump in and help. But, I mean, you know, a lot of these cities, it's, hey, I'm minding my own business. It's not my not my problem. That's true. I'm That's keep true fucking too. walking. That's... That's a lot of, uh, that's something that we didn't, that I didn't account for either is, which is a lot of it is just not my business, not my problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what happens when you do not my business, not my problem is somebody goes home and a life is ended. And it's not even just that one life is ruined. It's that multiple are ruined along the way. So Maurice's parents have to deal with this. Maurice, if he had siblings, have to deal with this. If he had children, has to deal with this. His girlfriend, Faith, now has to deal with mm-hmm. this. Um, and it also affects it, the larger, like, all the people I've seen responding to this on Twitter and, and like, the biggest, most important posts that have the largest impact are a lot of high-profile black transgender women. And, I mean, that makes them feel a whole lot less safe that, like, well, it's, for loving us, you may die. And that's like, what I that's was just going to say rough is that faith is now she's now by herself with a man that may potentially not stand up for her or protect her or be open about her. And she's not unknown in this community. If Maurice was known, 
His girlfriend Faith is known. Mm-hmm. They know who she is. True. They know where she hangs out. They know what she looks like. And now she's in danger. Mm-hmm. And I'm not blaming Maurice for putting her in danger. I don't think Maurice put her in danger. I no. think these assholes put her in danger. Um, it's just, I mean, it's 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 really, it's really catastrophic. And you know, a, a thought that I'm having right now, Chris, is that yeah, we're talking about this because it's in the news and it's a guy, and we're really. You know, we feel like it feels like me. We're really, you know, digging deep into this one and really talking about all the different angles. Well, we should come this from is, it, right? This is an this is an attack on us in our community. Right. This he, this is one of ours. He's one of us. Right, right. And that's and that's what I was gonna say is that you know this is trans talk for men, and we want to reach out to men. But I also don't want to brush over the fact that trans women, especially women of color, especially mm-hmm. black women, get this kind of shit all the fucking time, and they don't have men that stand up for them. And they either commit suicide or get killed. And we don't want to brush over that either. That mm-hmm. most, I think it's most of the trans murders this year have been Every black, murder of a trans female has uh-huh. been black. Oh, that's right. And then the, the, the one, one trans male. Right. The one trans male in the shooting in Ohio. Mm-hmm. In Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, who wasn't even, from what I understand, wasn't even out as trans yet. No, uh, I mean, but, yeah, he probably just caught a bullet as simply as the person next to him. Well, yeah, I guess I guess his brother killed him. Oh, didn't even know that he was trans. Okay, gotcha. Um, Sorry about that. So his brother that. saw no, his brother saw him as his sister, mm-hmm. and then killed him, not knowing that he was trans because he was trans to his friends, mm-hmm. but not trans to his family yet. Mm. Um, so they didn't they didn't know early on in the transition, but. Yeah, that was the one non... That's right, the one non-black person. You're right. And every other trans woman that has been killed in the United States this year has been black. Mm-hmm. And... I just, look, I don't... Oh, sorry, keep I don't even... I, well, I was going to say, I don't even want to say that, like... I almost said that disparity is insane, but that saying that disparity is insane makes it sound like i want it to be even amounts of black and white trans women killed mm-hmm. that's not true i don't want any trans women to have mm-hmm. to face violence or be killed and any of that i mean and that goes for everybody but specifically on this pod we don't want these people to be killed in it and it sucks and your thoughts chris on on that i'm gonna um, kick it over to you well i just think pointing out the disparity uh, is we we only say that to highlight how problematic a lot of attitudes in the black community really are and how different this community responds to people in the LGBT community. But then, you know, also, well, I can't, I can't go into that part of it, but you know, this is, I, I would say the black experience in America when you're in this space is just so much different. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like I was listening to like, when I, when I talk to you about, like, okay, well, how'd your parents respond? And I'm like, dude, I don't know any black parents that would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You're dating trans. All right. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. any black parents right now. And I know a lot of people. And I, I can't think of any black parents that would be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, we're, we're totally with it. We love your girlfriend. We love you. We support you 110%. Like, most black families would cast you out try and pray, pray it away, all that kind of shit. Like it's, you know, a lot of the center of our culture is really a lot of it can be, you know, uh, you know, the religion, Christian Christianity. So, and you know, they just don't, they really don't play that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a privilege that I have that I didn't even know that I had Mm -hmm. until you, until you pointed it out to me. Now, of course, and, there are white families that won't accept it as well, and you guys will hear about that. We did another episode with a young man who is struggling with that as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys will hear that in a couple episodes down the line here. Oh, yeah, and these are all pre-recorded, guys, because we're moving. Yeah. I, I guess I should have touched on that <laughs> earlier, but um, because Chris and I are moving, we had to pre-record a bunch of episodes right in a row just so it would make our move easier so we – we could get them out to you guys and keep on schedule. So you guys weren't like, but they're where the fuck very did they go? dope interviews. Very yes, dope. Are. interviews. They are, so they are great. You interviews. will have some great content coming up. That's for sure. You yep. do. If you love the show with Nat, you're going to love these other ones too. Absolutely. 
That's and they're sure. different. They're both very. They're they're all very different from each other. Yeah. The Nat show, the Maddie show, and the James and Josie show are very different mm-hmm. from each other. So that's exciting too. But uh, yeah, getting back to it is right. You're saying yeah. that you know, of course, there are white parents that that will say, "Nah, fuck this." Mm-hmm. But it's still a privilege that we have that we aren't aware of. And yeah, I mean, just a know, lot of parents that are way more secular, and they're just like. Everything in their life isn't driven by this religion and its beliefs. Right. Um, but also, I mean, look, what this guy experienced, I absolutely would experience the same thing. If I were still on the old, if I were still in the old neighborhood I grew up in, right in the heart, in, in the heart of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the hood, poor area, and everybody in the community knows each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, people as far out as maybe a few, two or three blocks. Every, all the kids get together. Everybody grows up together. Mm-hmm. Most of the people go to school together. Like if I did start dating trans and everybody heard about it, people would be talking about it. I'd hear about it on the streets as I'm walking by. A lot less people would say hi to me. Well, at least some of the homies, like they really wouldn't fuck with me too much. Like it's really weird. And, and to be honest, I don't think I've told. I, I've recently been talking to a lot of my friends one at a time, letting mm-hmm. cluing them into what I am attracted to, what I've done, dated, all that kind of stuff. And I don't think I've I don't think I've had that talk with any of my black friends. And my best friend who is black is gonna be he's gonna be in, he's gonna be a tough cookie to crack because I think he'll well he'll roll with it first off, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day I don't think he'll in his mind, the respect will be the same. If I bring somebody around, like, I don't think he would want them to involve with his kids. And he'd probably tell his kids like, yeah, by the way, that's a man. And the kids be like, Oh yeah. So my daddy says you're a man. Like, I, I think, I, I don't think, uh, the relationship would be a hundred percent as smooth and our relationship would change. And this is, you know, somebody I've been friends with since freshman year in the dorms, like since 2002, this has been 17 yeah. years our relationship would change at this point. Um, yeah. Um, I think I might know who you're talking about. Oh yeah. And, yeah. You played, uh, uh, you met him online. I'm playing video games yep, and stuff. So yep. it's just, and he's, and let's see, that's the he's thing. A funny he's a dude, real, but... he's a funny dude. He seems like a real cool dude. And that's, it's, it's unfortunate. Hyper masculine. And I mean, I was, I was right there with him, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of our masculinity, like we, Mm-hmm. loved a lot of rage music back in college and you know mm-hmm. we're all about women 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 and chasing women mm-hmm. and whatever else and yeah but uh I, I i'm just saying i didn't really realize that i hadn't talked to any of my black friends about this but all my black friends are guys i know from church and then him yeah <laughs> and my buddy that lives in my building right now who would absolutely not understand because he's also from milwaukee and Milwaukee's a very poor, mentally limited city. <laughs> At least a side, one side of one half of the city is like yeah. that. So, yeah, and that's that's uh, you know, it, that's got to be tough for you, man. I I don't even to me I mean, it's like... I, it's a battle I don't have to fight unless I want to, which is a privilege that a lot of trans women, well, all trans women don't have. Right, like you, uh... everybody has to know. There's no way they can't know. Yeah. So in that way where you can cloak yourself and just be regular, cool. Well, especially, yeah, if you grew up whatever. in the area, everybody will know, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, transitioning. I, I've made it clear multiple times. I'm not afraid to let everybody know once. I, it's a it's a battle that, you, that I, I would rather fight when I had to. So if I find somebody that I actually love and I've been in a relationship with them for months, not that I would keep her secret for months uh, where we are in whatever city we're in, but right. you know the larger picture: cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody else. Like, I would bring her to the barbecue and all that stuff. Like, I would bring her out, but uh, that's so that's a bridge I'm across when I have to, to be honest. Right. That's you're what you're saying is you want to fight that battle once with the person that you yeah want to can't go to war can't with. fight that battle with the girl I'm dating for like a month two months no right, no, right, no no right. no you don't want to keep going through that my mom fight, don't I even want to meet girls unless I've been with them for at least six months cis or trans like she's <laughs> like don't be bringing all these girls in... around me I don't want to be meeting these girls like that doesn't surprise me in the slightest yeah she um, don't she not she's not here for that shit um. <laughs> 
So, you know, that, that actually brings up an interesting question of, and we talked about this in the other interviews, and guys, you'll hear more about this uh, in the interviews, but um, about guys remaining on the down low, guys remaining mm. sort of hidden. And, of course, I don't recommend any guy does that. I think it's not good. You know, I think it really diminishes the girl's self-esteem. I think it shows that, you know, I think it shows a lot of flaws in your character. I don't recommend it but at the same time having said that it, it makes a little more sense you know after this maurice story why you would stay on the down low because it can cost you your life whether by your own hands or somebody else's hands and it, it, it's that hard balance there mm -hmm. of of what what is it do what is it that i want to do do i do i live my honest self but live it privately mm -hmm. or do i live my honest self openly and put myself into danger so it, it, it sort of begs that question and it also begs a little more understanding i guess and understanding on the part of everybody involved of what of what this entails and I, what i mean by that is like we all agree that this shouldn't be a fucking problem you know, you guys listening out there, us talking about it, we agree that it should not be a thing where you should have to worry about being on the down low. You shouldn't have to think that, oh, I could be in potential, uh, put myself in harm's way or put my girlfriend in harm's way or anything like that. But the current rea reality we're living in is this could put a person in harm's way. So is it, so you say, does being on the down low protect people does it hurt people is it a good bad thing uh, you know of course i once again i still don't recommend it i still say mm -hmm. be open be proud because the more people we have open and proud like you mm -hmm. said chris it's a numbers thing yep. the more people we have open and proud the better this will get the more people we have scared the worse it will get mm -hmm. but i get it when you're the only one on the block and it's like i'm alone now, I mean, guys, I think you have to be honest with yourself and know that this is, if you do choose to not tell people about who you're dating or whatever else, you are making a selfish decision. This is to benefit Absolutely. you. Right. So the girl is still going to feel pretty shitty. And actually, for, I don't know why, I, I haven't thought about this since it happened, but, um, uh, <laughs> and this is kind of a callback to a, previous relationship but when i was dating uh when i was dating nat's friend yep uh she you know asked me okay she was like well did you tell your did you tell your family about me and i'm like well yeah i told my sisters but i didn't say i didn't my mom i didn't tell my mom anything mm -hmm. but i mean just think about like just put yourself in that situation because i have been in that situation as a black male and it's just like if i were dating a white chick and i'm like yeah so i mean does your family know i'm black how preposterous would that be for her to be like no they don't know yet i haven't told them yet like are you fucking well, shitting the, me like no that's the plot of movies i mean that's yeah. so that's <laughs> so common that that is the plot of movies like hey dad i brought home my boyfriend tyrone <laughs> and the dad's like i'm an ex-marine and you know <laughs> I, I killed the viet i killed the vietnamese in in ditches and whatever and it's like how does that have anything to do with this but the point is is that yeah that's that's the fucking plot of movies where it's that sort of situation of well you you were saying it chris carry on i was just interjecting oh no 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 it's all good i'm just i just don't know how you turn around and just i don't know how you get the person that you won't tell people about to believe that you love them that's what i'm saying like mm. and for me, if I did, if I had a white girlfriend or let's just say Asian girlfriend or Indian girlfriend, Mexican girlfriend, whatever, and she didn't want to tell her family that she was dating a black guy, that would really fuck with me. And I'd, I'd, I would most likely be out. Yeah, but all right, well, that's it. Like, fuck you. Fuck your racist family. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, that shit would not be cool. Not. At the time when that was happening to me, I wasn't aware enough, and I just kind of went with it. And to be mm -hmm. honest, I, it was a it, she, this girl didn't want to bring me to her to her family wedding as their date, so she just went stag. 
because mm-hmm. she didn't want that tra- that drama. But I mean, I didn't. I really didn't want to go to the wedding, anyways. Well, so <laughs> but so still. here's a here's a question, and we can ask it in both race and for trans people. Mm-hmm. So, if you had a white girlfriend, what? How would you feel if she said, "I want you to meet my family." But I don't want to introduce you because my family is racist. The same way you could say, I want you to meet my family. You are important enough mm-hmm. for me to want you to meet my family. But my family is transphobic. And tell them right off the bat, they will not like you fucking period. Mm-hmm. Whether I like you or not. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest about that and to be like, yeah. look, if, it were, if it's 100% up to me, if everything on my end is kosher, I want you to meet these people because mm-hmm. they're my people. But at the same time, be aware that they are shitty in this aspect. So, like, mm. what what do we do? You know, what what is the what is the scenario? And I and I ask you the the race question mm-hmm. because you have that unique view yeah. for it. But I mean, since we're in you know trans talk for men, I'm I'm just saying it's pretty fucking stupid to bring your uh, girlfriend or bring both parties together completely unprepared. I would have to have a serious talk with my family. Like, look, this is who I'm dating. This is who I love. This is what she is. Now I'm going to bring her over for July 4th or let's say Labor Day or Memorial Day. I'm bringing her over for the cookout. She's coming. You -hmm. need to be ready for this and just know while she's here, I'm not accepting any sly comments, no fucking jokes, any disrespect that you wouldn't give to somebody who was cisgender. And then I'd have to explain them what cisgender means. But then outside of that, (laughs) like I would make it very clear that I'm not here for none of their bullshit, none of their jokes. Be nice, talk to her, or just don't talk to her that much. At least acknowledge her and meet her, whatever else. But there's plenty of people, other people around the house for her to talk with. So. She didn't have to spend the whole day with my mom. My mom could just be with everybody else. But, like, none of this, I, I don't want any bullshit. And I mm-hmm. make it super known right off the bat, I'm not standing for any of this bullshit. Now, we're going to have a good fucking meeting, and we're going to get this done, and we're going to move mm-hmm. forward. But I would mm-hmm. never be like, okay, so, just so you know, they don't like trans people. We're going in. They don't know you're trans. They don't know that I'm dating somebody trans. We're just going to see what happens. Like, you need to prepare <laughs> yeah, that, these people for what's coming and what they will have to overcome, I believe. So if obviously on the race end of it, um, if you think if you know your family's racist, prepare them for what's coming. Yeah, because they're not going to be able to handle it 110 percent. Well, some people who are actually genuinely good people and they just are ignorant they may say some dumb things, but they're it'll come across very that they're well meaning because um, we just we just know. Yeah. Um, but well, I mean, trans people, explained. trans women know. They know when they're, they're when when shades being thrown at them, when people are asking questions and making comments and shit, or when people are just genuinely trying to be nice, or they yeah. know hateful nice. There is that. Yeah. What do you mean hateful nice? Uh, the kind of nice you get in the south. Hmm. So oh, you mean where they're, they're, they're where pleasant, they're outwardly, but they don't really fuck polite. with you, and it's all right. really just manners. Okay, so they're outwardly polite. Yeah, and, but they and really nice, can't. But... They really hate your fucking guts, and they and would they might absolutely even... hate your guts if you were dating one of their relatives. And from what I from what I understand about that, um, the outwardly the uh, Paula Deen sort of thing. <laughs> Jesus, Paula Deen just there's only one thing Paula Deen loves, and it's butter. Um, so <laughs> my favorite, I, I got to go off on a little tangent here. I don't have the picture anymore, but one of my favorite pictures back when Paula Dean was popular was a Photoshop picture of Paula Dean riding a stick of butter through space. Um, and it just made me laugh to no end. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you say the hateful, the hateful nice, um, because, I I've actually seen that mm-hmm. in my day to day, and of course I'm not ever on the of uh, the end of that of anything other than my own doing because I can be really cynical and sarcastic and inappropriate and whatever. And sometimes I get that way at work, and people clearly don't want to put up with my shit or see me, but they're like, I have a job to do, so I'm gonna keep my yap shut, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And of course, it's not the same. I am not equating those things. But what I'm saying is I, I have seen some amount of that. And that is such a weird combination where they like slip in really just shitty stuff, but say it with like a really not shitty tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. That to me is so, so disconnect. That That's the most jarring stuff because to me it would almost be like, okay, I expect a person to be transphobic or I expect them to not be transphobic. I don't expect them to pretend to not be transphobic while being transphobic. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be really fucking jarring. Um, I, I just, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm, I I'm, I'm just going through all sorts of scenarios and I know people will flip out like, well, so y'all not having kids then, huh? Well, there goes my grandkids. Or Why do people, <laughs> why do people always go for that? Like, because I, that's I, I the main that jab that like, cisgendered women, the right transgendered women. Oh sure. About them but, not being real women. <laughs> but I know tons of cisgendered women that don't have fucking kids and don't want kids True. and will not have kids. And yeah. I love this whole oh, so you're not going to have kids, and it's like, and that's a concern of yours because why? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have to raise the little rugrats? <laughs> that's um, true. And that's that's such a weird thing. Now, of course, I say that knowing farewell that like my parents want grandkids, and it actually tears me up inside because they're getting older, and I want to be able to give them grandkids, and I really want to be able to give them grandkids when they can still actively play mm-hmm. with grandkids, and that fucking that fucking chews me up to no end to know that. I'm going to give them grandkids and Natalie and I want to have children. We've talked about it multiple times, but we have to jump through a few extra hoops to have children. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more expensive. It takes more time. We have to do a bunch of paperwork, that sort of thing where of course, if you're cisgendered, any two fucking idiots can have children. Um, And boy, do a lot of idiots have children. Uh, But yeah, you know, my, my dad's like, I want grandchildren and my dad's so quiet and he would never say, he he never comes right out and says it, but my mom's like, "Boy, your dad really would really like some grandchildren to like play with." And I'm like, "Stop it, mom!" I'm like, "You're fucking killing me." I'm like, "Go to," I'm like, "Go to my brother." I'm like, "My brother's dating a cisgender girl. Why don't you talk to Why don't you talk to him more? Why do you keep talking to me?" I'm like, "You guys know my situation." I'm like, "It's not for lack of trying." On Are my you part. the I'm like, uh, older brother? I am. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Yeah, but him and his girl, my brother and his girl, have been together for. 10 11 years shit and they're not um, married nope jesus but, christ uh, how did you get that deal i don't know but uh it's 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 funny because i'm like my parents know that natalie is trans and mm-hmm. they know the situation and sometimes my parents will be like well why why don't you have kids yet and i'll be like it's not and i'll tell them straight up because i'm not shy with my parents mm-hmm. i go it's not for lack of trying i'm like i'm trying on the fucking regular to get her pregnant i'm like it's just not taken um but uh i'm like go go harass my brother um would you ever get to a point where you're just like we're we're just gonna have to adopt a baby oh absolutely i mean i'm almost ivf and i don't i'm actually honestly i'm honestly and you hear you heard it here first guys and natalie might even listen to this so nat you might even be hearing this first i'm pretty much to the point in my life where i'm like we just need to adopt a child and get a child in here and mm-hmm. get a child in there. Cause I want to be a father and mm-hmm. she wants to be a mother. She wants to be a mother way more than I want to be a father right now. Like oh. I'm interested in being like, I'm interested in being a father. Don't get me wrong. At no point in time, would I'd be like, I don't want to be a dad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm also like, I'd rather be a dad when we have like a permanent home and a steady job and a career and that kind of thing like that. That would be my preference. Mm-hmm. But Natalie is like, I want to be a mom and I've wanted to be a mom since yesterday. Mm. And you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty much there already. But the thing is, is that I also have that really selfish drive inside me. And it's that mix of bio biology and that mix of masculinity and mm-hmm. the mix of society in me that says like, I want a kid with my genetics. You know, I want one that I can look at and be like, that's my boy there. or That's my girl. And, you know, mm-hmm. I did that. And uh, it's actually hard for me to get over that. That's one thing that I internally struggle with that I don't talk a, a lot about with is um, is that sort of situation where it's like, I don't know what the fuck to do because mm-hmm. and it, that doesn't ever mean that I can't have one down the line. But then I also think about like, would my first child be like, why did you adopt me and then have one 
genetically do you love me less and it's i i think about all these things like a million times over but you know that's that's a story for another time really we well, can I mean, totally you're not the only, i mean i'm sure a lot of guys think about that kind of stuff oh i'm certain so. they do so but uh <clears throat> how do how do we get to that topic of of having kids i totally <laughs> i we totally talking lost about families reacting from. and why they would oh hate that's right and why it would be bad why it would uh another barrier to well that's telling that's right. your family they, about your trans girl oh so you're not gonna have kids open. yeah god i'm glad yes. you kept track because yes. i got so far in the yes. woods i was standing out there and i was like chris but i mean chris, you know this you is a show about <laughs> the struggles of this is a show for for guys who like trans women and it's about our struggles coming out to yeah. family, the different things we have to deal with, you know, being, well, yeah. the, the, the changes that we will, that the adjustments, I'm sorry, the adjustments we make after, you know, living a cisgendered hetero life, dating cisgendered women, mm-hmm. and then going to trans, like, you know, your expectations have to be modified a little bit. It's, and it's crazy. Um, and this is, and it's, and that's my story. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, and that's coming from me who has an accepting family, a family who loves oh, yeah. Natalie and is who is who's all about it. And I still sit there and rip my hair out because I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? It's crazy how pervasive this can be for everybody. Dude, like I, my, my, my cousin, mm-hmm. uh, dude, he dated this girl. Well, mm-hmm. He used to have he was just on and off again like having sex with this one trans girl in la and she was mm-hmm. smoking hot like okay dude i mean just fucking gorgeous like i, I uh-huh. words cannot describe how hot this chick was and like completely you would never know unless you asked like no idea like that that was his major point of getting off was just like nobody knows not my brothers nobody can even tell she spends hours around these guys they have no uh-huh. idea what she's hiding in her pants right and like that was a huge turn on for him and um mm-hmm. but you know i was talking to um my mom grew up with all the same friends since she was a child so they're pretty much like aunts to me mm-hmm. and you know i was telling my auntie like i was like hey so yeah, you know one of my my uncle Chuck is like yeah, so you know one of Chuck's boys is dating uh he's he's dating a transgender girl now and like just the look of disgust and hate on her face was like oh, that man. is so wasteful I don't even get that that is just that is disgusting I don't that so is gross. you were kind of te- like, you were kind of testing the waters yeah I, I was it was kind of a putting out feelers because they don't yeah. really know this guy like I, uh-huh. I I'm sure it's literally been like fucking twenty years since they've seen him if not uh-huh. more. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, they were just testing out the waters, and it's just like they were so disgusted by the idea of this. It was just that they couldn't perceive why that, because in their mind, you know, relationships, love, and all that is to make babies, have families, procreate, all that stuff, and they're just like, I don't even see the point of that. That's just disgusting. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I was just like, well, okay, well, I know where this is going to go with them. Women yeah. who have loved me my whole life and has had a special place in their heart for me. Well, and you know what, you know, I think would be difficult for you. And it's a different, it's a different thing when they don't know, they don't know your cousin. So they mm-hmm. can say, what a waste. That was, that's disgusting. How terrible, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a different there's a different scenario when when it's 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 somebody that they know and love where i would think it almost be worse where for their cousin they have disdain for you they would have pity Mm. and i fucking hate pity i mean Um, i gotta i gotta be honest that it's not pity it well i i've been in that i've been in those shoes here and there when I, I and a lot of guys listening to this can completely fucking agree. Oh, I'm sorry. When you see, you know, you see one hot chick and you're like, God damn, that chick is fucking gorgeous. And then you see she's dating like a, 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 a more, let, let's say she's dating like a butch lesbian. You're just like, oh man, what a fucking waste. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to gotten with that. Like, man, yeah. what a, I mean, that's just a common, that's a common thing. I've, I've, a lot of guys, that's a common sentiment from a lot of cisgendered heterosexual males. I'm not saying it's like perfect and completely PC and all that stuff. I'm sure yeah. somebody listening to this will be 
ripping me to shreds online for this, but I mean, Actually, I have I thought mean, that I've, before. I'm just like, dude. I've even been. Oh man, what a waste! Like that sucks. That chick is hot. Like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's that's a that's a feeling of to me. That's more like a feeling of disdain, and not necessarily that we hate this lesbian person, but it's mm-hmm. almost like, oh, that sucks because now I can't fuck her. You know, that's yeah. bad for me. So now I'm going to be resentful for her or to her. But I don't know. I would rather experience that than like her friend, say her friend that grew up with her her whole life. Mm-hmm. And he's got the hots for her, but he's he's staying in the friend zone. And then she comes out and she's like, this is my girlfriend. I'm a lesbian. I always want to tell you, you're my best friend. And, and then he would be like, but, uh, you know, but why? I thought maybe we had something special or, Ooh. you know, you're so beautiful or maybe, maybe you could. She would know if that was coming sh- though. Right. She'd but it's still that, was. right. But it's still that sort of thing of like, are you sure? You know, that sort of deal where it's like that sort of pity mm-hmm. to me, that would be like, go fuck yourself. You know, I don't need your pity. <laughs> um, I'd rather, I'd rather have your anger than your pity. That's, that's me. I would see a lot of uh, disappointment because a lot mm-hmm. of uh, black women would be like, "Man, what a waste of a good black man." Oh yeah, what well, a waste. You know, that, that that maybe maybe that's even what your your aunts are thinking is like, "What a waste of a of a perfectly fine black guy." Mm-hmm. You know, he could have he could have. Women don't think there's a lot of them around. So there's like eight many around, and one of the good ones right. got away. And it, it could be even that they don't even want to fuck him, but it could be that he could have. You know, beautiful little children who could be at the church, who could add to the community, you know, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like... Or just be a good father, then, good right, example. And now, it, and now he's he's throwaway. He's he's waste. He's, yeah. Everything about him is no longer of use, and that's just and I don't a think that shit way to look at it. And I don't think that is how it would be viewed in just the black community. I think a lot of no. other communities would have... I think women in a lot of other communities would have the same sentiment... Um, oh, well. certainly. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a sentiment in a lot of Asian communities too, which is in Asian communities that I know of, it's the son's job to take on the role of the head of the family mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. And especially if it's the eldest son mm-hmm. that was born male and becomes female is transgender. It's like, what a fucking waste of flesh. Um, is sort of the feeling that you get. And that's been my experience is like, what a waste. What? And then it's, it's not even that you're a waste of flesh. It's that you're a waste of flesh, but it's also the parents. They go, they say, we are now a waste. We have contributed nothing. And everything that you are has retroactively ruined everything that we are. Mm -hmm. Um, and it can even be that way in white families too, especially really conservative white families where it's, you know, you hear about it. It's like my father disowned me. It, it, they disowned you because they said it's essentially saying that I'm going to salvage the family name by throwing you to the wolves. Mm. Um, well, there's you a lot of families bes- with perceived legacy. Like, right. You, know, it's, you will not besmirch my legacy. Or if you're if that oldest is the only boy in the family. Right. Like in right. my situation, I'm the only male in my immediate family. I have two younger sisters, no other brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, okay, well, there's an end to a family line we would have loved to have seen continue. Right, right. <laughs> Which is funny because, of course, your sisters will continue the family line, but it, they're considered part of a different family now. Yeah. Um, well, when like, they get as married. Soon as they get ma- right, that's what I was just going to say. As soon as they get married and have a kid, mm-hmm. they're part of that family now. You know, you were the you were the Pattersons, and now it's the Smiths. Um, With one of so... them, last name is Kumar now. Yeah, see, Kumar. there you go. She's, she's a Kumar. <laughs> she's not. She's no longer part of your family. Mm-hmm. Like she's, of course, your mom loves her, but she doesn't get to continue the family line like you could have. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that happens. That happens everywhere, and that's just. But that's I think I would. Fucking... I would just. I would. I would just pony up the cash to get a surrogate. Well, first yeah. off, I don't have to pay for a surrogate. I just got to pony up the cash to get the surrogate implanted in uh, a person who's already volunteered for it. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. That would be expensive so already, money. but I would pony up the cash for that shit. Because you I mean you look at it, you look at surrogates and stuff like that, and even on, uh, like a uh, from what I understand, like the regular amount of 
for a surrogate is like ten grand, and it's like Jesus fuck. Plus, in a plus expenses. third world country. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but States. that's what I've seen. Ooh. Well, that's what I've seen is I've seen like ten grand, and mm-hmm. it's like, and then plus expenses like medical and stuff like yep. that. And here in the states, it's crazy. And how the fuck are you gonna get a loan from the bank? Because they're gonna be like, "What's your collateral?" And be like, "My kid." I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I yeah, it's it's. You know, in, in a very roundabout way, uh, this story of Maurice Willoughby has us talking about a lot of these things because it talks about community and race and what it means to be open open and outward about uh, loving and being with a trans person and what can this affect. And, yeah, we've gone down a lot of rabbit holes, you know, mm-hmm. here, but but you look at it and it's a pretty clear path from one thing to another that 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 not just trans women have to deal with, but trans attracted men have to deal with too. And we deal with it in a different aspect. And I'm not going to say it's worse because I don't think that it is because we get to be comfortable in our own skin. And a lot of us can hide from day to day being heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of weird shit around this. And, you know, hopefully Chris, and I know, I know this is your intention and this is my intention with trans talk for men is hopefully we can put a dent in some of this stuff. You know, hopefully we can help slowly peel back on this, this, these problems, this anger, these problems, this society viewpoint of these things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So having said all that, we ran a little longer than we expected. We're pretty much out of time for today. Uh, I want to, once again, extend my condolences to Maurice Willoughby's family. Uh, We're sorry for your loss. Maurice, may you rest in peace. Uh, Thank you for being an advocate. Thank you for fighting for your girl and Faith. I don't know what your last name is, um, but we hope that you're okay and safe. Uh, Chris, anything to add to that? Nope. Okay. Well, uh, as always, guys, this has been Trans Talk for Men. I've been Eric. I'm Chris. Talk to you guys later.